Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Wake and Rake podcast. In my mind, you just wake up and go rake. I love Bo Mel. I think Bo Mel no, does I great love, job. I love him. I think he does as good as a job as he can do. I just don't think he's the right <laughs> fit for that team. I, I, think, I think in most teams he succeeds. I don't think he's the right fit for that team. Follow at Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I'm kind of a big deal. Here's Danny and Will. What up, baby? Wake and Rake Podcast, episode 97. We're trying something out a little bit different on this Tuesday, September 19th. We're doing a little panel. A little panel. We got new guys, new faces joining the podcast. Boys, go ahead and say what's up to the people. Hello, people. Oh, London. Mike Chicken. Yeah. So we got pops, uh, familiar faces. You guys have probably heard and seen uh, my pops on the podcast before. He has made appearances uh, periodically, filling in for, for Brooksy. Uh, we got Manny Velasquez joining the podcast. Manny spent, what is it, nine seasons in college baseball, Manny? Ten if you count my athletic director year. <laughs> Three gray shirts four red shirts and one season actually playing. I pitched against high school kids today. I felt dominant. I'm ready to go, go back on the mound. Uh, London Amlin, uh, men's league. Oh, extraordinaire. How we do yeah. it. Pretty good. You know, I played overseas a couple of years. Don't forget about that. Okay. That's true. <laughs> a veteran. He's a veteran. And then uh, that last voice you hear is the faceless man. So, we're trying something new. Uh, to, I kind of mentioned on the last podcast that Brooksy's tied up with Red Sox, Nesson, pre and post game. We're likely going to get back to the norm when the season ends, so he's not so tied up in, in these other bigger and better things. But as of right now, we're planning on doing this kind of panel boys talk and shop once a week. And then Brooksy will also join whenever he is available. I'm still hoping to get one to two episodes every single week. Well, in the very minimum we're gonna have one episode every single week uh with the boys here so uh the faceless man he will remain nameless that's the last guy on this podcast that i didn't mention uh he is anonymous you do not know who he is and you will not know who he is uh faceless man want to say what's up what's up people uh i'm a fellow fan of the podcast i've listened to it since i think it's came no i, I boycotted it for the first year because i baseball <laughs> Yeah, he did. And, uh, college baseball, and Danny was like, "You need to watch the podcast. You should watch it." Good. Sorry, that was my dog. Uh, good friend of Danny's, and I, for the first year, I'd be like, "No, I'm not watching this podcast because out of spite of missing baseball." And then I finally turned it on like last year, and I've watched or listened to every episode just like you guys. So, you know, yeah, glad to be on it. I'm just a normal dude. All of us are. So we have no better opinions than than you guys. In fact, we probably have. Less of, a lot worse yeah, yeah a lot less of knowledge but maybe we can uh be relatable maybe that's the aspect we can go with ray's got a new stadium who saw that the rays got a uh the new rendering yeah i shouldn't say that. they didn't get a new stadium the renderings came out to build a new stadium so we'll see when the shovels hit the ground but uh first thoughts 2028 they should open did we like it it doesn't make any sense i mean why They're, i mean the the a's don't get attendance why are we building a new stadium the Rays, you mean, not the A's? Oh, yeah. Sorry, the Rays. I'm distracted by your shirt. The Rays don't get any Rays, attendance. Rays, A's. Dude, have you seen what they they've done? They, they literally play, like, 
I mean, it's it's awful. They have to get a new stadium or they'll have to move. Something's going to have to change. Or, or turn well, they're leased with Tropicana is up in 2027. That's why they're moving to that new one in 2028. But they're literally like moving across the street. And the biggest problem with their stadium is that there's zero good ways to get there. Like if you live nearby, it's like a 40-minute drive. Brutal. That's That's the big issue is the stadium right now is in the worst part of Tampa possible. It's not that the stadium is terrible, like the stadium itself. The infrastructure, right. like the fan experience, the food, you know, it's fine. Like it's very standard and, and kind of ugly though. I have to give you that. I mean, the catwalk kind of makes it interesting. I kind of think we should do a little bit like remember when they had the hill out in Houston with a pole just sitting in the middle of the big hill? Uh what was the hill called in Houston? Oh, that was terrible. Hold on, I'll Didn't get that- it. I'll be Didn't like, cost, like the Rogan show. I'll be the guy that looks everything up. Well, they literally had a pole sitting um, on the hill in Houston. So well, if we want to talk about like, if we want to talk about like, you know, distractions. Well, nothing's worse than that Marlins statue that they had for a couple of years. No, I but but like you said, like it's not like they're the A's with the Coliseum. Like it's not like this is some rundown muck of a place. Like. Their lease is up in 2027 Tropicana. They're moving basically across the street to a nicer facility, but it almost feels like I would, I appreciate it because from what the sound of it is, like they're fulfilling promises to the community, but in the same light, like it's just not working. And I think they need to come to terms with that. It was called Tal's Hill. Tal's Hill. Thank you. Drawing a blank. Yeah, the real the real big issue with the current stadium is is just the traffic. That's that's the real issue. It's it's there's like one way in, one way out type deal with Tropicana Fields. That's a big issue. But they're going to get some upgrades. I I, I liked it. I kind of like the look of it. It reminds me of Texas a little bit. Mm-hmm. Life. Like the indoor. look is good. The look is good. It just feels pointless. So you don't think they're going to get? A, you don't think they're going to get a following? Um, they're going to get a, a better attendance on a daily basis. Regardless, I think I think they might just. I think they might just start because it's a new stadium. People want to go check it out. But yeah. I think the Rays are, I mean, they're winning now. I don't know what else anybody would expect from them. I think it'll be a nice attraction to open it up. But then a few months goes by the first two months after opening day goes by in 2028. And I think they'll be right back in the same spot they're at. London, uh, if the Rays get a new stadium, which it's looking like they will. And the A's still will not go. And the A's moved to Vegas, and they're probably going to get a new stadium. Uh, who's left with the worst stadium in baseball? Oh, well, I don't like. I don't. I really like the all those all the fields that just have like you know interesting dimensions. Not like the, not the crazy ones like what the Orioles are doing or whatever. But um, like I don't like. I don't know. Like, sorry, Manny. I don't like Dodger Stadium. I like everything about Dodger Stadium except for like the field dimension. So I, that's I don't know. I, I just like a I like a stadium with good like just interesting dimension. I love Dodger Stadium. Well, the, fan, no, the, like fan the location, the weather, the everything, the whole experience is fun. I just the like the field itself and like that whatever color they have on the seats, that peach sunset. <laughs> you know, I'm just not feeling it. it- it is a historic stadium. Like, it's not like you're going to, what is it, San Diego Petco? Like, you're not going to yeah. Petco and, like, having a full experience like that. 
but it for sure is definitely like it's a more historic feel. Now the Angel Stadium, that place has no integrity. Oh, that place. <laughs> Angel Stadium cracks me up. I was there like a month and a half ago. Yeah. It, it fits that team perfectly. It's so it's... there's nothing great. There's nothing bad. It's just like this is a baseball stadium. Yeah, and we're here. We're here. This makes sense. This is like a normal baseball stadium. Also, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think it's a tie between Angel Stadium. But like honestly, Angel Stadium is not that bad. It's just like there's just nothing really great about it. It's just kind of hilarious. But um, where the White Sox play, I've never been there, obviously, but it yeah. just doesn't seem that great. It's just like, okay, like I don't know. It oh, what? Like, a couple oh. guys get shot and now we're just it's not a good stadium oh. anymore. Oh, oh come on. What are what are we doing? What, a couple okay. guys, it's a very but, dodgy thing to say. A couple guys can't get hurt at a game. Yeah, it is a dodgy thing. Is is uh who's been to Milwaukee? Anybody? No. no. Jake said it's great. And and that's the thing. Like they're supposedly, you know, in talks to get a new stadium in Milwaukee because American Family Field apparently is not up to par. I think it's fine. Like there's nothing special about it. But like the facilities for the players or I mean, they're trying to build a whole new stadium, but the, yeah, just the stadium itself. I think it's fine. I heard the tailgate experience is second. Oh, that, Hoffman's kind of, it's not that bad. Hoffman, like they, dude, the Royals are getting a new stadium too, or at least they have red oh. rings. So, I mean, it's all, I, I think the MLB does a pretty good job compared to other sports of, of redoing their stadiums frequently. Like you remember Arco Arena with the Kings? Like that was terrible. I, I yeah. That was basically the Oakland Coliseum of basketball, I guess. Hey, fun fact, pal. It's not the MLB. It's just MLB. Oh, God. I hate when you do that. Yeah. I hate when you do that. By yeah. the way, it's not. Just let you, I just let you know. You know, <laughs> It's not the Major League Baseball. It's just Major League Baseball. I wish they would change that, too. What about Chase Field? Do you think Chase Field's up there? Chase Field's know? nice. Chase Field's nice. It's just it's indoors, which it has to be because it's Phoenix. They do have the retractable roof, which is cool. Um Another one of those stadiums that just doesn't have anything super special about it. I think the indoor stadiums are at a disadvantage because you can't really have a skyline. Why are teams wanting to change their stadium so much, though? Like, why are so many teams going about it? I mean, I get it. The A's, like, that that Coliseum's been, like, the eyesore of the MLB for – or eyesore of MLB for like the past 20 hey, years. Nice. Good job. Yeah, well nice save, right? Nice save. See, See I'm, I'm I'm just, you know, helping everybody out here, you know? Okay, I have a question. What what team has gotten a new stadium in the last 10 or 15 years? You can even say 20. That has just kind of dropped the ball. Ooh. It seems like that. I mean, the Angels. <laughs> oh, the Angels. The, the Angels are back in 1966 actually. Yeah, they really? did. They did yeah, renovations. But but like a brand new yeah. stadium. Who dropped the ball? Okay, I'll give you some examples of people who are probably new. Like like new stadiums like Target Field, the Twins. Target play. Field's gorgeous. That's yeah, game. that that is an awesome like they, the way yeah. that he set up that fan experience seems really sick. Yeah, you got Globe Life, Lone Depot Depot, which is a uh, Miami, Miami Truist, which is the Braves. That like that thing looks sweet. Um, City Field, that's somewhat new. I guess Yankee New Yankee sucks, but I don't know. I I, I was gonna say New Yankee. Like I heard everyone yeah. who went to old Yankee hates New Yankee. So here's the thing, man. Like Yankee State, the old, the, the original Yankee Stadium. I don't think anything was special about that either. But there was so much history and stories, right. and like it was an artifact. Now, it's like a Dodger Stadium. Yeah, exactly. But now it's essentially like a copycat of the original. 
but what people don't really like understand is like the original there was nothing special about it other than the history so now it's just a newer version without the history and i think yankee stadium's up there i wouldn't say it's the worst and major league baseball i think it's i think it's one of the the worser i know it's one of the worser fan experiences too because the seats generally unless you're paying 500 bucks for you know right by the field seats you're really far away from everything so the viewing that's experience right. isn't yeah. good at it. That's that's the biggest complaint I've heard about is that the viewing experience, they've added seats and those additional seats are terrible from what I hear. All right, so let's come to a decision. Pops, worst stadium left in baseball if Tampa and Oakland get new ones. Uh, um, it's hard to overlook Anaheim simply because that's but I, I don't know if I'm just taking the product on the field with my with my answer <laughs> but that honestly that plays because if you don't have anything going on on the field plus the fan experience isn't that great it's just there it's just it's just a building with cement okay faceless man I know what it is what the worst one yeah uh I don't know I, I Guaranteed or not guaranteed rate? Right? No, guaranteed rate seems pretty brutal. Chicago, okay. yeah. But, uh, mm. Manuel, I got to go with Angel Stadium. Angel Stadium just seems like like every time I've gone, it's kind of a bummer. Like I don't feel like I'm at a game. I've had a better experience at uh, Rayleigh, which is the Giants AAA affiliate in Sacramento. I've had better experiences there than Angel Stadium. L train. Oh, you guys won't let me say Dodger Stadium, then. Uh, <laughs> no, you, you fought for Yeah, you can say it. Hey, hey, okay. Hey. Well, well, I'm going to say it, but I also have never been there. So, uh, you know, just looking it at is, Google it, Maps, not feeling yeah. it, you know. You're not wrong. It is really plain. Yeah, but I love the – I do love the location. I just like, you know, it's sitting on top of that hill. and. Oh, yeah, Chavez Ravine. It, yeah, and it's uh, – I don't know, it's just – I like everything about it except for just like I don't know. I feel like they're yeah, they like you say there's like history there, but I don't know. I don't see it, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. I kinda agree with Faceless Man. I think guaranteed rate's kind of brutal and the weather isn't all that great in Chicago either. So if you're not gonna have a nice ballpark, at least have some good weather. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't like Chicago, not a fan. Uh let's move on, boys. The Phillies wished the Atlanta Braves congratulations on their field as the Atlanta Braves celebrated a National League East division title. Now, normally I wouldn't have an issue with it if it was a team out of the division. But the Phillies are in the National League East. They've been battling with the Atlanta Braves for a division title all season long. These guys are supposed to be division rivals. And the Braves are celebrating at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. And the Phillies scoreboard team scoreboard group put on the big board in philadelphia congratulations to the atlanta braves 2023 national league east champions not a fan not a big fan of that at all i mean it's 2023 man that's just nothing surprises me anymore no but i mean even the padres congratulate what what is this but i mean i'm saying like there's still some like animosity in the league like the padres putting up that picture of Kershaw crying which yeah. honestly like if they sweep hilarious but since they didn't they look foolish but I I don't think 2023 it being 2023 has anything to do with it, it just looks soft yeah which is 2023 I, I just I don't, don't think it's necessary 
Yeah. What do you well, mean? I don't even think you said you said if it's in the division. I would. I don't care who it is. Oh, oh yeah. I maybe I'm old school, but and I am old, but the old school way or whatever, like that doesn't make any sense to me. You don't celebrate anybody up. That's like, what are you gonna do? Like let them parade around with the World Series trophy at your at the place the following year? Like I don't <laughs> care who it is, what division, what no. If it's not celebrating your team, your organization, heck no, it's not happening here. I just look at it. I don't think it's necessary. Like if they don't put anything up on the scoreboard, there's nobody gonna be like, hey, what the fuck, Philly? Why didn't you wish Atlanta congratulations on your field? You know, like nobody's going to question. Like we, we kind of like do that on the CBS social squad. We all the time we kind of weigh like, are there going to be people asking questions? Like, why didn't you post about X, Y, Z? If we have a football game on and we don't do a post on social media about that game, are people going to wonder why? So we kind of have to like weigh risk reward all the time. So if you're the Phillies, and you don't put anything on the scoreboard at all, there's nobody going to be questioning why you didn't put it up on the scoreboard. Instead, we're questioning about why you did put it up on the scoreboard. It's Philly fans, too. I mean, that is like... Yeah. yeah. He's congratulatory of opposing teams' city in the league. Don't get it. Also, also like, if you're there as a casual fan, you, you walk away going like, oh, man, they lost the game. Like, that stinks. But then you see that the other team just won the division. You're like, oh, so we lost that too? <laughs> like, you don't even get to go home as a casual having a good time. Like, the diehards and the casuals going home double sad. Like, what are we doing? Like, are the Dodgers putting up on the scoreboard? Nah, I should reverse that uh, because the Giants, the Dodgers win divisions. All right, Oracle Park, <laughs> the, the Dodgers, you know, the Dodgers are, uh, you know, celebrating the NL West for the, 50th time in 51 years uh the giants put up on the scoreboard congratulations dodgers for winning the national league west hell no absolutely it's, it's not even weird to think it's even weird to think about it like the way you posed it like if they even put that on their socials that would have been awkward like could you imagine if they posted that on instagram the phillies being like congrats atlanta braves you did it like what are we doing big time ratio i, just, I don't know, i just don't think it's necessary i thought it was uh i thought it was weird it was cringy I feel like it would even be weird if post-game interviews, like the players are going like, oh, yeah, they did it. Congrats to that. I, I even feel like that would be weird in the middle because then you're going, Phillies, you still got a wild card race to take oh, care okay. of. So, well, this isn't really the same. Well, like, you know, like the SEC, <clears throat> like they're super known, like other teams that are in the SEC, they love to make sure that other SEC teams beat non-SEC teams in football. Like, have you guys ever seen Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Makes the conference look good and, yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess that's not really the same thing because they don't like they don't be like oh congratulations Auburn for right because there's no national rankings regarding like if you beat if you lost to the NL East yeah no and I'm saying like they don't yeah. do it after, like on the field afterwards they just like separately go like oh thank God like oh yeah that's different though yeah like you said like that's to push up how strong of a conference you have and of all the of all the divisions the only division I think that has like the craziest strength is the AL East. Um, most te most like most teams above five hundred, right? I mean, definitely the National League Central. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> American American League West is pretty top heavy. Mariners, Astros, Rangers. National League West is kind of top heavy. Dodgers, Dodgers, Giants. They had like a, they won like Dude, yeah. The they, Giants, they, they uh, like, do hey do the uh, Padres do the Padres have a chance to come all the way back? I don't know. I hope Nelson's listening. I mean, for Nelson's sake, yeah, but uh, probably not. 
All right, so the Padres right now, as of 8.28 p.m. on a Tuesday, they're five and a half games back. They're winners in five straight games, and they have 12 games remaining, 11 games remaining. Five and a half games back, about about 10, 11 games left. I no, hope they don't. There's no way, right? Like, there's no, there's it, no possible make, way. They'll make it close, right? Yeah. What, is, what has been their problem all year is they can't hit with runners in scoring position. When the pressure comes, they seem to fold or they just yeah. don't get the job done. So they'll make it close. They'll get to the point and that, you know, they'll hype it up a little bit. They've already, you know, had record sales as far as attendance goes. They already got, they'll get the juices flowing down there in San Diego and then they'll blow it. But how terrifying is it if they figure it out like this last little stretch? How terrifying would it be for the rest of the National League in the playoffs? Right. How, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, how terrifying is it? The Padres just put it together the last 12 games, 17 games, because they're on a five-game streak right now. How terrifying if would they you, just put it together. Would you rather have your team give you hope or no hope at all? Oh, no. Like, would you rather your team give yourself hope like, like the Padres seem to do? Like, we could, we should, and we could, and should be a good mm-hmm. team. And then they go on a little bit of a winning streak here at the end, and all of a sudden, that sliver of hope that wasn't there for the last month, all of a sudden, starts building back up again. Or would you rather just fall flat on your face, call it a year, and you know, don't play with my emotions like that? So, so I've done this for uh, my whole life. <laughs> a certain team that's in the NBA, and uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually would go with the latter, which is just like, once you're bad, you're bad. I don't need to think about this. But like last year, once we were kind of good, made the playoffs, lost in the first round to a good Warriors team. But yeah. I was like, I, I, I had hope the entire year almost. So I, I think I would, because I remember when like the first part of King seasons, when it was like halfway mark and like, okay, we're like 500, this could be something. And then it's just like dumpster fires after that. So I think I would just be bad and just, just be bad. Focus on my, I don't want any hope. I, I almost think with the the Padres though, with how long they have everyone locked up, just from like a culture standpoint, you're oh, like, yeah. at least try to finish it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, Hey, maybe we got something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you got, you got Soto there. You got Darvish there. You got Machado there. You got Cronin. You got this stacked lineup. You're just kind of hoping like, Hey, maybe we just have a culture shift here. Even if we don't make the playoffs, at least we, Knew we fought to the end. At least Bob we know that some type of grit. Is it Bob Melvin's fault? No. <laughs> what is Bob Melvin supposed to do with that lineup? You're not going to sit Juan Soto against lefties. You're not going to sit Manny Machado against righties. Like he doesn't have the platoon options that he did in Oakland and even when he yeah. was in Arizona. Like what you have. What, here's the problem with having too many superstars in your lineup is you don't have as much flexibility with your roster. But and do you, you think Bob you Melvin's that? Sorry, sorry, Manny, but you can't pin, you can't pin pitching on them either because they have one of the best team ERAs in all of Major League Baseball. So, so if you're going to say, "Oh, Bob Melvin hasn't done a good enough job with the bullpen or the you know starting rotation," clearly he's doing a good enough job there. But is he doing a good enough job, like culture wise? Because like Bob Melvin seems to got like obviously yeah. Don't like, get hey, don't mean, get my pop started on culture and leadership. I'm just I'm stop. just I'm just saying. Great manager, great leader, wrong team to lead. You know what I mean? Like who? Who's Melvin? Like I mean, Kapler was a terrible manager, and with the Philly staff, right? Comes to SF, turns it around. Still he did something in the offseason. I think it's, 
if you're not if you're not with the right team, I don't think it's any anything good's gonna happen. Like not only does like the team chemistry have to mesh, they have to look towards someone and go like, yeah, I want to play for that guy. And I think with all these young superstars, like it's hard to be like this. I don't know. Melvin just seems kind of like a guy who's like, this is how we do it. We do it this way. Like it's not like he's like a stickler or anything, but he's just kind of old school, which is totally cool. He's not going to relate to these young superstars. And it's like, do you almost need a guy like, you know, Kepler, who's going to come in there and kind of lead these guys? Pops, you think it's a leadership issue in San Diego? Um, I think it's just a bad match between. I, I kind of, I kind of agree with Manny a little bit as far as not necessarily on Melvin's fault, but because of the roster that was built for Melvin, he doesn't have the flexibility. So I, we were joking this weekend. Remember Danny and uh, um, and who who shows back up for San Diego and how well have they done since he showed back up after being discarded from Colorado, right? Probably. So. Right. Dirksen Profar, who he had in Oakland for several years as well. He's there. He's that type of player that is the perfect culture for what Bob Melvin wants to do. And so with Preller putting together a superstar lineup, I just don't think that fits with the what the, the culture and the, the type of atmosphere that, that Melvin's used to and Melvin's been successful with in the past. I think Preller's gone. If they don't make the playoffs, obviously, I think Preller's. I think this was his last attempt. He had multiple waves. He even, I mean, <laughs> Brooksy on here has talked about it. The Middlebrooks, Matt Kemp, Justin Upton, Craig Kimbrell deal didn't, you know, that that didn't work out um, seamlessly. Uh, they've had, let's see, one deep playoff run. They have not won a National League West Division title. So he's spending all this money. And- okay, so who, so who on this, who on this roster? Should he not have signed? Should he not have gone after Bogarts and just you know let and Hassan Kim and put Hassan Kim at shortstop or put Hassan exactly. Kim at second and put Tatis, we'll put Tatis at shortstop. Back at shortstop when he comes and Hassan Kim's at second or whatever. And but then I'm you, you like, have more platoon options and yeah, exactly. So you like you said you resign a profile. You 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 end up resigning some kind of more mid level money players allows Melvin to mix and match and do what he does. And then that becomes a little bit better culture, I would guess. The the type of culture that Melvin's used to and the that what he wants to do. But when you're going, when you're signing everybody superstar wise, and you have no flexibility, I guess I mean I, that, that, to me that falls more on Preller than it does Melvin. But I think the question that you're asking is, can you have too many superstars? Yeah. And absolutely. and my answer would be, look at Atlanta. Mm. A lot of superstars. Yeah. Yeah. They have, they have Dodgers pretty good too. Who? Dodgers, they got some. They, I mean, they did at least. And um, it goes back to a conversation yeah. that Brooksy had, Brooksy and I had on the last pod is that you got to do it multiple facets. You got to do it international scouting. You got to do it farm system wise. Mm. Like, like it's not just buying a team. That's and I think that's, I think that's where San Diego is lacking. What the Dodgers yeah. do is they get all these superstars together, but they also have a farm system to be able to trade for players. They also have yeah. international scouting. Like they do it in multiple facets, whereas San Diego has a reputation of not having a great minor league farm culture. Same, so, with, yeah. same with the Angels. The Angel, well, yeah, speaking of which, I'm looking at rankings of 30 farm systems. This was the beginning of the season this year, so it's changed a little bit because of the, the recent draft. But the Padres are at, what is that, 23rd. Angels are at 28. 
and the Dodgers. Anybody want to take a guess where the Dodgers are? Two. Top three, yeah. Three. Yeah. Actually, they're two. Whoever said two, they're two, which is absurd. Um, I mean, how good the Dodgers are. I mean, look, they brought up Outman this year, and he's doing pretty well, good. They, that was they honestly do a really good job of, like, taking the grind out of the minor leagues. Like, I feel like a lot of minor leaguers pride themselves on how hard this grind is, and I feel like the Dodgers were one of the first teams to kind of, like, get ahead of this almost, like, players' rights, like, wave that came about. And I feel like if you play for a system and an organization, you know other guys in organizations. So you're hearing their horror stories and you're like, oh, I, I already have all these things. Like I have all these scouting reports. I have all this information and data for me. I have all this, you know, amenities at my service. Like, yeah, like you're realizing like, oh, they're taking the grind out of the minor leagues a little bit and allowing these players to actually develop rather than you know, try to survive. Well, the Angels, if, if you go ahead. I was just going to say they're also taking they're taking veteran players who are slipping and they're reviving their careers. So they're taking it on the front end and on the back end. Plus they have the superstars. So it's no wonder that they have such a great consistently, mm-hmm. you know, club to throw out there every single year because they're doing it. Yeah. On both ends. And you can't say that. I mean, we were, I was going to mention earlier about the, the Yankees. It feels like, you know, the swing and miss Yankees, they, they kind of do it one way. Right. And then they they do spend their money, but it feels like it's one way. Whereas the the really successful organizations, and I, let's be honest, as much as I'm not a Dodger fan, they are the, they're the pinnacle. Is they're doing it on all ends, from the youngsters to the old people to the superstars. That they you know they're just doing it on all all facets. So. Hey, uh, London, I kind of want your take on the Giants. You're a diehard Giants fan. Grew up in Northern California. You live in Northern California. Uh, Tom Verducci came out today and said, if this is the future of baseball, I want no part of it. And he was talking about the Giants. As a fan, do you like the product that they're putting on the field? It's not fun to watch, no. Well, it's just analytic. Like they're, they're so <laughs> analytically driven, right? And they have – talk about superstars. They have none. Yeah. Jock Peterson. That's not a superstar. <laughs> a superstar. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, they have some stars, but not. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's just hard to watch sometimes. It's not yeah. as fun as watching like ten years ago. I mean, even though fun. they weren't that was, necessarily that was exciting, at least they weren't necessarily. I mean, some of them are superstars, but watching Pablo Sandoval and Lincecum and and Brian Wilson, you know, like these guys were personalities, and now it's just more analytically driven. So I I think the product itself has definitely been hurt and. I'm not in total agreement with Verducci and saying, I want no part of it. I won't go that far, but I do think, you know, the analytics and being too dependent. We talked about it on the last episode when you're too much on one side of the coin, there's got to be a balance, you know? Yeah. Also, they must have a bad math guy because those are tough analytics. Who's, who's so analytically driven on that team? Oh, San Francisco. Yeah, like who's who's like the analytic pinnacle where you're just like looking at them like that's our guy. Well, look at their base. look at their look at their roster. They shouldn't be mm-hmm. they should not be competitive with the names they have on their roster in San Francisco, but they are. How, how many games are out are they of the wild card? Like two, two games. Like two, games? two games. Yeah, two games. That's pretty impressive. I, and, I went to opening day this year, and that I did not recognize most of the names out there. No, there's no difference between going to Sacramento and watching a AAA affiliate and mm-hmm. going to the that, – that's a bit of an exaggeration. But <laughs> the, the names that they possess, it's, you know, 
it's lacking to say the least. When are they going to give up on Joey Bart? I dropped him in fantasy this year. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, oh. you came in a second to last place. No, like, I came in. Yeah. Third, I came in third to last, and I didn't pay attention all year. And I'm the hottest team in fantasy right now because I didn't want to come last place. Faceless man, you'd know somebody who plays for the Angels organization. We will keep him nameless as well, but. I will say that he is a uh, a big league ball player for the Angels. Does he like the Angels organization? I mean, last time I talked to, like, yeah, I think he did. Yeah, likes it. I mean, I'm more of asked. We talked about. I mean, I, I think at that time when I was hanging out with him, it was he just, he kind of just got well. He was solidified with the team for a while, but you know, it's one of those things. I think he just got his contract, so he's like thankful for that. So I didn't really ask him about the Angels necessarily, but more of like trout and Shohei, um but I, you know i didn't see any problems i think they're just trying to win and at the time it was like there was a lot of hope for the organization so i don't know if he likes or not i had another buddy who pitched for him in the minors and uh yeah they were it was very still old school back then like no drive line i don't know if they've changed or not but i don't know in, in 2020 remember they were one of the last organizations to not commit to playing, uh, excuse me, paying their minor leaguers during the COVID pandemic. Yeah, so that, the, that the Angels, the yeah, Angels yeah. do not have a good culture on the farm. Well, shoot, we should reach out to Stefanik, man. I, I definitely have in the past. I'm not <laughs> going to reveal my sources. <laughs> they do a good job of paying guys who don't play. But what did he say? Stefanik. Yeah, do you have any good opinions on like any good takes on the organization? I mean, it's tough to talk bad about your own organization. They're your, it's like talking bad about your own company and your boss. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is the guy that was undrafted, Stefanik. He plays second base for the Angels. This is a guy that was undrafted and he's trying to make a big league club. So he's kind of handcuffed in what he can and cannot say about his organization, right? Be thankful for He's also really, really fucking good. He's a good player. He is. Okay, so question. Yes, Phil. Are you happier as a Padre fan right now? Or are you happier as a Giant fan because you're in contention? Oh, Giants fan. There's oh, so Giants. I did the Giants. Oh, oh. I don't know. The, the Padres are, are bringing in a whole lot more fans on a daily basis. Padres just set a record for most sellouts in the season. For them, for, for their organization. The Giants, sure. meanwhile, are averaging about 20. How much 20, did it cost 20, them, though? A lot. I was going to say, they're for sure an attraction, but like, so are the Savannah Bananas, you know, Savannah Bananas sell it a lot. They're, they ain't yeah. going for a title this year. If you're a Giant fan, are you flipping on that game though? Like, I, I guess if they're in contention, you are, you're a true. You kind of got to Die hard, you're probably saying Giants. But if you're not a diehard, I'd much rather go watch a Padre game. Oh yeah. If you're a casual fan, who's just, you know, not really paying attention yeah, you want to go see the Padres. They have all the stars. But if you're like a, a baseball person, I would say like, yeah, this Giants team, it's impressive that they're only two games out of the wild card. I still think they suck. <laughs> I, I, I don't says, disagree. And London, the diehard Giants fan says they're boring. All right. So for the East Coasters, who are you more disappointed in, like as a fan base, the Yankees or the Red Sox? Yankees. Yankees. Yankees had higher expectations. They they just went on this cr- the craziest like summer adventure trying to get Judge back. 
Yeah. Dude By the shows way, up in SF with a beard. But <laughs> little plug here is that uh, Middlebrooks has some hot takes on Hein Bloom being fired in Boston too. So that will be on the next podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hein Bloom. He was just uh, fired as president of baseball operations in Boston this last week. Oh, he was. Speaking of front office, you know who's going to be? I think pretty good in the next couple of years. Wherever Stearns went, he went to the Mets, right? David Stearns, yeah, he just got hired with the Mets. He did a great job in Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee's always competitive, man. And there's nothing. I, the cheese I is feel like. I feel like playing sports in New York is cursed. Dude, fuck, it's fucking Jets, dude! Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's just so then, much there's there's so much more to playing in new york that you don't get elsewhere yeah like we we're all west coasters so we don't really understand that environment in the east la Coast. is not the same yeah. either you can't say that no LA is no, the same no, because no, the, no, no the fan no. the fan pressure is not the same in la as it is in new york. it's it's terrifying yeah like i i had never been in the east coast not like a huge hugely immersed in like what's going on east coast tabloids Zach Wilson's got to be the loneliest man on the planet. Like, my goodness. Not when it comes to mothers. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know, what was tough to see was that is, have you been watching like the Aaron Boone interviews with John Boy? Yeah. That's tough. We're, we're Aaron Boone's just kind of constantly got to tell him like, we got what we got, man. And, like, he's yeah. I, 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 I want to talk to Jimmy and his crew. Cause I want to know what the incentive is for Aaron Boone going on these interviews. I know. Like, it's just, it's just like a, it's not a great look for him because Jimmy and, and Jake and the, and their crew, they ask really good questions, like valid questions, like a fan perspective question. And like, like he, they ask the questions that the media does not, that the general media doesn't want to ask. Yeah. And it puts Booney in a tough spot. I do love when Boone rips him and he's like, you, he's like, I actually thought you knew more baseball than that. Oh, and yeah. to question me on why Stanton's resting, or like I'm like, oh yeah, dude. Yeah. He, might said, he might be auditioning for his next job, unfortunately. Yeah, he shouldn't be. It's not Booney's fault. No, no, not... but that doesn't matter in New York. Let's yeah. be honest. Like, it's, somebody's got to be the scapegoat. Somebody's got to be the scapegoat, and it doesn't sound like it's gonna be Cashman right now. Everybody says he's coming back. So no. If I'm a Padres fan, I'm praying Boone gets fired. Uh, no. No. But no, what? No, absolutely not. <laughs> you don't think Boone would be a good fit for the Padres? I think Heim Bloom would be a great fit for the Padres in the front office, not Aaron Boone. Aaron the, Boone. I love Bob. I love Bo Mel. I think Bo Mel. No, does I great love. Job. I love him. I think he does as good as a job as he can do. I just don't think he's the right <laughs> fit for that team. I, I think. I think in most teams he succeeds. I don't think he's the right fit for that team. What do you think it's like for Mark Mark Kotze right now? It's very tough. <laughs> very tough. Do you think Mark Kotze is like, like even knows who he's throwing that day? He's like, ah. <laughs> dude, I think he shows up and he asks like the vending machine guy, like, hey, who's been in? They're like, like hey, yeah. first out of the pen, he's like, I, I don't know, flip a coin. Like, who needs, yeah. who needs a throw? Damn, I don't man. know any of their names. The A's. <laughs> you tell me who's the first out of the pen. The A's are playing better ball. The Royals have won three straight series. Put some respect on the. Uh, on the bottom feeders, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, because oh. everyone's resting their stars against them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Fellas, I appreciate your time. We're going to be doing this once a week. Uh, 
Again, Brooks, he'll be back on later this week as well. He comes back from Boston tomorrow. So we're planning on doing a podcast later this week. Final words, boys. I, I, I Like I told you before, the I, Braves are great, but they're not going to win it all. I, mean, I would take the if, if you're betting if you're betting the Braves of the field, I'm taking the field for sure. That's just baseball, right? Just baseball, but I think I don't know. I think you can see how they did. You can see how things are when you know you take that big lead, and you can just slack off, and it's going to be hard to get back into play. You know, playoff mode. I think for them, but we'll see. Give me fun. Stretch run is going to be really fun. Uh, episode 97, Wake and Ray podcast, part of the Believe Network. We will speak soon, people. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.